Asylum is a good name for a cigar. Right? Not because you're crazy, but because what you're looking for is a little asylum. You need a little bit of escape. You need a place that you can go and people will say you're safe and you're good and everything's going to be all right. And the Medulla Oblongata, I think they did just that. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, Asylum 13. These are the CLE cigar guys, right? We've done the Aroa. I actually think we did it last week. It's funny that I hit two in a row. The Asylum 13. This right here is lovely. It's the Abdullah Medulla Oblongata, and it comes both uh, in, in this um, natural and this Maduro. This is the natural. It is a 52 by 6 box press. What does that mean? 52 is the ring gauge. It's the diameter. How how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Always makes him laugh. And 6, of course, being 6 inches long. Tee-hee. Now, a 64 ring gauge is a full inch, and I know people get upset when I say around as opposed to diameter. You get what I mean. 52 is a nice ring gauge. A box press means exactly what it says. It's squared off. This comes from, as the story goes, the rollers in Cuba, who were sick and tired of their cigars rolling away in the breeze, so they flattened them. The box press. Honduran, it's a medium full cigar, fingers Malloy. We just lit this up, and when I say uh, Honduran, every part of it, the wrapper, the binder, the filler, every part of this comes from Honduras. Now, we've done uh, many a box press on this show. I have to say, this isn't as comfortable in the hand as other ones that we've done in the past. It's Maybe it has awkward. something to do with your tiny hands. That's true. Maybe your little baby hands. Well, now really? You're being hurtful. What is it about it? I, I, is it? Does it play broader? Does it play thicker? I don't know what it is for me. I, I don't know if it, it it's, it's not quite as boxed off you know, the corners are a little bit more rounded where it almost feels like, well, it's not really a box press. Is it a box press? Maybe it's just me and today, and I'm feeling this way. I don't I, know. I think, I think it's you, and I think you have to show me on the doll who hurt you <laughs> and where they hurt you for sure. Uh, it, look, in, in terms of box presses, I'm, I'm a big fan of, for example, uh, the Cameroon wrapper uh, that's on the vintage 2003 Rocky Patel as a box press. That's, a for me, a stellar cigar. This very much feels like it. The construction on this feels perfect. It's a little bit lighter than maybe I, I would think. This wrapper is a pale milk chocolate, but there's a, a just a fair bit of oil that's going on here. You can actually feel the leaf. You kind of it almost feels a touch dry, but doesn't smoke dry at all in any way. And when I say it, it, uh, like a pale milk chocolate, it's still very pretty. It's still a very pretty uh, looking uh, cigar. But when I light this up, uh, there are two things that are that are really happening here. There's there's a wood, which I absolutely positively enjoy, and that's what I'm uh, getting on it. That wood. Some people will say cedar. I often wonder if my palate's good enough to be able to figure that that one out. And there's this lovely touch of cream. Yeah. Lovely touch of cream. Everything about this is saying, you know what? It's going to treat you good. Yeah. There, initially, for me, there was a little bit of that pepper. And what cracks me up is, you know, you talk about how, uh, you know, you question whether your palate is that sophisticated when it comes to determining some of these notes. I've seen people describe this. Uh, well, it's white pepper with red pepper flakes, that kind of feel. And it's like, I... I just know it's peppery, and and then and then the the, the, the cream comes through as well. Yeah, this is a, a very enjoyable, smoking very well. We just lit this up, and whenever you're reviewing a cigar, 
do it in thirds. First third, second third, and final third. That's the way to do it, because flavors do change. They intensify as, as you go. You got the draw. You're changing certain levels of heat. The draw is how you uh, bring the cigar into the mouth. And remember, you're not inhaling. Nothing's going into the lungs. You're toasting the palate. That's what you're doing, getting those flavors around there, and then seeing what it is that the cigar brings you. And on the first, this is, this is not medium. I say this is pure on mild, the way I view a cigar. But it, no matter who you look at, no matter where you look online, they'll discuss this as a medium cigar, and it might build well, that way. That's where I was going. This has happened to us before where we've we've seen descriptions of cigars that we're reviewing, and it says, oh, medium to full, and you, you get into the first third, and you're like, bah! Yeah. And then you're, you're, by the time you get to the final third, you're like, oh, yeah. Yep, I get it now. Now, this comes in a series of Vitolas, meaning sizes. Vitola would be size. You can do it as a 50 by 5, which would be a much quicker smoke. This is a 52 by 6. There's a 60 by 6, and then they actually have an 80 by 6, which sounds so wholly uncomfortable. I am not into the 60s, and certainly nothing above it. It's too big. It's too much. That mouthfeel is not enjoyable. Uh, I would think that my, you know the box press would kind of turn me off in that way, but I love it. I love what a box press has to bring. Okay, the 80. Did you, have you ever smoked something that it's, it seems very gimmicky, right? You, I, I think it's from Alec Bradley. It's the Texas Lancero. Mm-hmm. The thing. The thing is actually a railroad spike. <laughs> <laughs> and best of luck if you want to try this in, in your life. I, did I give that to you? I don't think so. All right. I will give that to you because there is no shot in the world that I am going uh, to smoke this. Now, this cigar is one of those that I would tell you this has a good chance of being in your everyday humidor for very everyday tasks. This is a great mowing the lawn cigar. That's not to say it's a bad cigar. Why would I bring that up? Because this cigar, you'll find anywhere between 7 and $9. Okay. So far, so good. Again, the, uh, this just may be me on a particular day when it comes to the feel in the hand. Oh, it is you. Um, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're wrong. You're saying, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm totally wrong. saying you're wrong. Yeah. I just didn't want to say that you were wrong. I, d- I don't know what's going on. That's but, very strange. Uh, it is very strange. Maybe if I hold it in my right hand. Oh, you know what? Oh, my gosh. That's what it was. It feels so much better now. You had to go stranger with your cigar, did you? Look, there are weird things, and you shouldn't think that you're crazy. There are things, quirks that you will find. They're like, nope, that doesn't work for me. Uh, the chisel from the Florida Dominicana, I can't smoke that thing. I don't care what anybody tells me about how good it is. The way that end comes, the way it works, is, is a hot, hot mess. I want no part of it. There are cigars that feel weird and strange in the hand. Just like we're talking about those big ring gauges. They feel terrible in the mouth. It's too much work uh, to do, right? It's why some people don't smoke Lanceros. Right. But we both know that the Lancero is a brilliant cigar, tremendous flavor. We're talking about that 38 ring gauge, right? Long, thin uh, cigar. Think of it as a Churchill, but one-third the, the, the size, if you will, in terms of the, the, the thickness and the diameter. But they're, they're lovely, lovely smokes. Everybody's different. The box press is not for everybody. Luckily for you, it doesn't just come as, as the box press. You can get that. I think it's, uh, is that a, a Robusto, the 5x50, or do they call it a Toro? You'll have to ask your uh, local uh, tobacconist no, to as, find out. As a golfer, you're right. The box press comes in so handy on a golf course. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those people that can keep it in my mouth when I'm putting you know, right. I, I need to set it down, set it down on the cart, you know, and, and, and to know it won't roll uh, 
it, it's something that it is oh, and this really would work great for a golf course. I yeah. think it's a fine golf course. Hand them out cigar. By the way, it's a five by fifty. It's a robusto. My apologies for 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 not recognizing so quickly. This is the Abdullah Ab, Ab, Medulla Oblongata from Asylum Thirteen. Uh, this is uh, Honduran the Natural throughout. This is just a very nice, easygoing smoke that's going to pair with a lot of the things that you're interested in drinking and you're interested in having uh, with it. Good for the everyday around the house. Good for the humidor. Yeah, fine for the golf course, without question. And fine to hand out and not feel like you spent a lot of money on people you may not like. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So last week, Fingers Malloy said to me, Tony, have you tried the Coke and the coffee? And I said, Fingers, this is a family show. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker. Fingers Malloy goes, no, 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 the Coca-Cola. That's infused with coffee. I said, I haven't tried it. And he said, I tried it. It was fantastic. And I said, you can't just leave it there. Why aren't you sharing with the rest of us? Why aren't we reviewing this for the fine people so they know whether or not to waste their money, Fingers Malloy? And begrudgingly, you said yes. First off, let me say, the word infused is fun to say. (laughs) Is it not? It's infused. It's like saying synergy. People use synergy all the time. Half the time, they don't even know what the word means. Infused. Infused. Very fun to say. But here we have the Coca-Cola with coffee. It comes in a 12-ounce can, and they have different flavors. They have uh, Coke with dark blend coffee. They have Coke uh, with coffee and caramel, uh, vanilla Coke and coffee, and then they have... So they flavored the Coke and coffee as opposed to just Coke and coffee? This is Coke and coffee. Now they're and just then, wasting my time. Well, no. Well, this right here is just... I brought the good stuff. This is the dark blend. This is dark blend coffee. Okay. With Coca-Cola. It says, great Coca-Cola taste blended with rich, luxurious coffee and Corinthian leather. Oh. Oh, oh it doesn't actually say that. Made but. by Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> Again. You're gonna crack, you're gonna, you got to crack it right there? Yeah. Well, you, crack you it up. Crack. No, you crack it open. Crack it open. Let everyone hear that. Oh, you know what that is? That's the sound of freedom. So here you go. All right, so we've got a glass, a little bit of ice in there, right? He's going to pour that in there. Don't forget to pour yourself one. Oh, there's... Doesn't look any darker than a regular um, Coca-Cola. Actually, it is pretty black right there. Holy cow. Well, remember, before you try something like this, write down what you ate that day. Before you have the Coke with coffee. Are you mocking me? No, I'm saying... I think it's important. I'm taking this seriously. I don't think you are. You should always write down what you had before you smoke a cigar. What did you eat that day? What's the temperature? Right. Everything. Make sure you put that um, in the... uh, you know, to get yourself a notebook and to make sure you you, you put all that down. All right, we're gonna I'm gonna okay. try this. Yeah, you try it first. First, doesn't smell any different whatsoever. Literally smells no different. Do you, does that it smell different? Smell to you? Any different than a normal Coca Cola? Now you're a Diet Coke guy. You don't do the full flavor. I like Coke Zero, mm-hmm. but I, I I drink less and less soda all the time, and I go through phases where I drink a, like one a day, and right. I consider that a lot. <laughs> you well, know? yeah, but this right here, they uh, do have two. Different flavors, I believe, in the zero. They use Coke Zero instead of Coca Cola. Wait, is that this? this is this is Coke full, Zero? No, this is full flavor. This Coke. is full flavored, full yes. sugared. That's right. Full everything. Coke Zero. Uh, no fat, but 40 milligrams of sodium, 18 carbs. That's what you got here. Just 70 calories. Ooh, yeah, it's, right? It's good for your health. So to you. So you go first. You do okay, the, I'm going to do it first, right? We're going to so, take a sip. There he goes. He's doing the Kentucky Chew. 
Okay, the aftertaste is a bit coffee, but it really tastes no different. You don't think so? I don't think that's an overwhelmingly different. It's actually quite lovely. You know what? I take that back. It took some of the sweet edge off of it. Yeah. It really did. I before they huh. before they uh, came out with this product in the morning and during my commute, I would have a tra- travel mug full of coffee, and then I would grab after the the coffee was almost completely gone, I would grab a Coke or a, a Pepsi's uh, Pepsi crystal Max. Pepsi? Yeah, yeah, Crystal Pepsi, a, a diet slice, and I would pour it. Azima. <laughs> no, I would take a uh, whatever it used to be called Pepsi Max. I think it's called Pepsi Zero now and pour that into my mug, and it would be just about, I don't know, a half inch to an inch of coffee at the bottom of it, and thought, oh, this is really good. And now... So you invented this, yes, and, and they stole it from you. Exactly. Wow. Are you going to sue? I smell lawsuits. Look, this is not bad. I will... It really did, because I don't drink regular Coke because it's too sweet. It lingers and everything else. That first sip is always lovely, but then it's just there, right? It's right. there, and it's... No, this is... I can tell this you... Isn't bad. That the cigar has actually toned the coffee flavor in this down a little bit. I'm almost expecting it to have a richness, right? Like like coffee and kind of add add a a layer of depth or a layer of texture, and it's not there. It's bothering me a little yeah. bit that it's not there. A richness like Corinthian leather. A richness. <laughs> Try to say that five times fast. I botched it. <laughs> like Corinthian leather. <laughs> That's absolutely true. There is this really cool special on, uh, it's Amazon, I believe it is. Uh, there's The Men Who Built America. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen it or not. No. It's, it's about Andrew Carnegie, and it's about Rockefeller and Vander, Cornelius Vanderbilt. And now they have one, The Food That Built America. So it's about William Kellogg and his fight with C.W. Post. And it's about how part of it is about how Coca-Cola was created. And they're into the part where the U.S. government raided Coca-Cola. This was after they had passed an, an act about, you know, truth and labeling, basically, uh, kind of stuff at the behest of Heinz Ketchup. Fascinating. So when uh, the, the the guy who created Coca-Cola created it with actual cocaine, right? That That's what we know. The guy who basically stole it from him, you know, bought him out, bought out the family at his funeral, the whole thing. At least that's how the legend goes. He got rid of the cocaine part but he started advertising that it had caffeine the government raided the, the facility and it was a five year lawsuit because they were worried about the amount of caffeine so after five years he's like alright I'll cut the caffeine in half have a nice day and that was it <laughs> That's it. that is absolutely incredible and at one time it had cocaine in it Right, and we're that worried. The problem. We're worried about the caffeine. That'll hurt you. You gotta have focus, <laughs> is what I've always said. Here's the question on Coca-Cola coffee, right? Because have we wait? How many? How much caffeine is in here? Does it say? I believe it says uh, four. It's in the forties for milligrams. The forty milligrams of, yeah. of caffeine. It doesn't even. I don't even know where it says it. My question is, who is this marketed to? Who is drinking? So you did this, right? You as a freak experimenting on yourself. They're like your Tim Ferriss. Who drinks this? Who says I need to have Coke with coffee? And what niche does it fill? That's actually... It, wait, if you're a Red Bull drinker, right? If you're a Monster Energy drinker, is this is this a go-to instead? Is this an opportunity for you to get rid of that? Because I will tell you, full disclosure, I've never had a Red Bull or a Monster in my life. Really? Never. Never. 
that is crazy when, to me because I've actually uh, maybe had one or two in my day uh, in a bar. By the way, <laughs> um, 69 milligrams of caffeine in this, so I was off. Okay, so that's not like Jolt Cola numbers. No. Jolt Cola, which I think they took off the shelves, had 4 billion milligrams of caffeine, right. and it kicked you in the face. Yeah, the other two flavors, it's Dark Blend Zero Sugar uh, for, for the Coke, and then Vanilla Zero Sugar. Right. So those are the other two but flavors. But still with the 69 grams or whatever whatever it is. Yeah, it's it, it, right around the same. Like, if you look at the uh, the... The uh, dark blend zero sugar. The nutrition facts say that it's uh, 69 milligrams of caffeine. So it's, it's I'm pretty just standard. curious who who becomes a fan. Yeah, if it was in front of me, I would drink it. I don't think I'm searching it out, but it's not bad. It does cut the sweet a little. Yeah, I, I wonder if you know. I wasn't a coffee drinker when I was younger. I would grab a soda. So maybe it's the people that are they are just dipping their toe into the coffee world. I wasn't a coffee drinker, and then I had kids. <laughs> and that was the end of everything. Now I'm drinking coffee. I have coffee with the coffee-infused Coke. I've got it all right here. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That right there. America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. If you miss the show, the podcast is there at Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Unless you're listening to the podcast, in which case, good job. Good on you. (laughs) Smoking the Asylum 13, the Medulla Oblongata. This right here is the natural. They also comes in a Maduro. We're doing it as a box press. And Fingers Malloy, your thought on the Honduran Puro? Still a very mild smoke to me, Tony. Yeah. I, I, I am very happy with it. But again, <laughs> the pairing. I'm two-fisting caffeine right now, Tony. Right. I'm going back. we got a nice French press coffee that we get here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. And then I've still got a lot of my Coca-Cola with coffee. So I'm just going back and forth. Cigar, Coca-Cola coffee. Cigar, Coca-Cola, coffee. Mix it up, then go back to the Coca-Cola and the right. cigar. Look at you. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Look at you. I'm living my life. Now, it is. I think this cigar is more mild than medium. I am not complaining about the cigar at all. I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I think there's a good cream that, that comes off of, of this. There's a um, that, there's that just a touch, right touch of, of spice. You would call it a pepper uh, that, that comes in uh, through there. And there's this, this, this wood, this wood that I, I am really... And truly enjoying. There's also, you know, when I talk about that cream, that cream comes along with a sweetness. Now, I think because I, I've got the French press, it's, it's a little magnified on some of those coffee notes, maybe those cocoa notes. But, man, that sweetness is just super enjoyable. Do you feel like we're smoking this a little fast, too? I'm, I'm actually surprised. We're almost, both of us are almost halfway through it already. Uh, so, it's a 52 by 6, right? So, maybe that would last me an hour and 20 Something like that. We're about the halfway mark. We're into the second, third, uh, for sure. Uh, I don't know if I'm smoking it fast or not. I don't know if I, if I would say that. What I would say is the draw is spectacular. Nothing is falling apart on this baby. Construction's perfect. But I'm getting huge smoke yeah. off of the cigar, and that could be it. Maybe needs to slow down and 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 shorten up that draw a little bit if I want it to last. But I'm not worried about it, especially at. Seven to nine dollars a stick, maybe ten bucks in some places. I-, I will gladly go get another one and not think twice. Yes, and I'm going to grab a couple of these because 
next week I'm going to be on a golf course because I'm not going to be in central Indiana where it's currently zero degrees. Before we get to anything, uh, to our friends in Texas, yeah. uh, KFYO and, and all the great stations, man, we're feeling for you. And th- this cold uh, that has hit and th- these this weather certainly hit us in Indianapolis. We got a foot of snow. In Indianapolis, temperatures at two below. When when we started the day uh, this morning, places have been 12 below and, and, and even colder. Texas is just not used to this. Texas got hit with a couple of different issues. And we know people who don't have power. And, and they haven't had power. And only hoping by the time they hear this, they do. We're really, we're, we're, we're certainly worried about you. We're hoping for the best uh, from you. And if our stations, we're going to reach out to you and this is all said and done. Anything we can do to help. You ask, and Eat, Drink, Smoke will absolutely, positively uh, make it happen, 150%. We hope everybody is healthy and well. Let's hit the news of the week, Fingers. Well, you touched on what's happening in Texas, and uh, there was a Houston Burger King drive through that was backed up for hours during the winter storms. People were desperate to get some food because power was out. Uh, a lot of people in Texas didn't have their water. Uh, it was right. They weren't getting uh, water, so uh, there were... Uh, several instances uh, several times during the day at this one Houston Burger King where they saw massive lines 50 cars so just to get some Burger King this goes in with uh, some of the video that I saw of people in line for a supermarket 200 people in line there can't be enough said I'm not a prepper I'm not a prepper but uh, so I've always had you know like like a week's worth of anything and then I lived in California. And living in California, I learned to do two things. A, you really needed two weeks. You needed a month, right? We, we grew it that way. And then we had a, a, a what they call a bug out bag. When an earthquake hits, things can go south quickly. I also sleep with a pair of shoes by my bed. Because you don't want to be walking barefoot through broken glass. Right? Yeah. You learn these things. After watching what, the, the, the run on food and toilet paper for coronavirus and this... All right, two months. Yeah. Like the, the and whatever you try decide to do within there, I am not blaming anybody for anything. What I'm reminding people to do is take a moment to take stock of what's going to happen to you, your kids, if things go south. It shows you how like almost perilous things can be. We take stuff for granted because everything works. The minute something doesn't work, what's your plan? And it's, it's worthy. It's worthy of having that plan. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is we need to have some regional perspective on this. You know, one of the worst things you can do lately is get on social media and see all the lava hot takes that are, are being shared on social media, depending on whether it's this or other stories that we won't get into. But, uh, you know, I saw a lot of Northerners saying, oh, Texans are so tough and they can't handle this. This is not, it's, that's it's dumb. It's such a dumb take. I, listen, we're I never say dumb. I never use the word. That's a dumb take. Yeah, I mean, we're here in central Indiana. If we get, a, you know, a, a cold snap like this, I, I don't know about you. I've got firewood. I'm prepared because we're used to things like this happening to us. I'm not used to this kind of cold in Texas. There's also, it became way too political too quick. There's a lot more than happened than just the wind turbines freezing, which is a little bit of comedy, I'll, 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 I'll say. But it it's the batteries that the energy that the wind turbines, those big windmills, right? Mm. The energy that they hold went down 60% because batteries don't hold well in the cold. Then you had the natural gas lines. They froze. Yeah. They're not insulated. They froze. Uh, 
there was a story put out by a congressman, Dan Crenshaw, the man with the eye patch. Is that people know him? They've got four, I guess it's like nuclear power stations, right? And units, he referred to them as. Well, one of the sensors got so cold it froze and it tripped the safety protocols and it wasn't, and it shut down the reactor. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a pretty incredible story about how, you know, people who promote like nuclear energy, like this is how safe it is. Look at it, trip the protocols and everything else, but they couldn't get back online. A lot of weird stuff happened all at once. And there's a tremendous, there's going to be all sorts of investigations. And the people who make that political, they're the worst people in the world. Well, especially when the event is still going on. Can we right? get Texans through this disaster? And then when it's over, we have time to look back and assess what went wrong and assess blame. Because there's two things at play, right? There's how long that cold lasts. And then there's how long it takes to get the power back on and What's the damage that was done right. with all that? Never mind just people's homes, restaurants, and, and hospitals, and long-term care facilities. It's just, it, it is. It's a super ugly scene. And, and it, we're so, not us, not you, but people are so quick to want to have the take, right? To want to have a hot take. Yeah. They, they, they forget to think. They forget to be decent. And what, sh- what shot does anybody have? Right. Why would you want to be around those people? That's, that's why you have to burn your Twitter account to the ground <laughs> and follow us at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. Right. Well, as you know, Tony, I, I pride myself on being the happy hour anchorman. You and we, are. We, we do the hard-hitting news here during the news segment. Thank you. We also like to follow up on previous week's stories Ooh. if there's some, some uh, interesting tidbits. You asked last week, is Pauly Shore on Cameo? I did ask if Paulie Shore was on Cameo. So, Cameo is the, the app, the site where you can go and, and get a celebrity to wish you a happy birthday, you pay him a certain price. Best segue ever. Paulie Shore is on Cameo. Let me read the bio. Oh, would you please? Hey, buddy. It's me, Paulie. My fans are the best, and I love touring to see them, but I can't get everywhere. Need a special shout-out? Let's do it. How much do you think it costs to get a Pauly Shore cameo video customized for you? 35 bucks. You're not even in the ballpark. Pauly Shore? $325 to get Pauly Shore to wish you a happy birthday. $325. We need to get on cameo and charge 326. <laughs> right? Because there's two of us, we're worth more than right. Polly Shore, and that's going to be in our description. We're worth more than Polly Shore. <laughs> oh, three hundred twenty-five bucks. Three hundred twenty-five dollars, and you can chat with him for just two dollars and ninety-nine cents a I minute. A minute. Might as well call the one nine hundred number. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Another day and more. St. Patrick's Day parades are canceled. Oh, eat, drink, smoke, everybody. It's good to be with you. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, Kansas City, and Hilton Head. Canceling St. Patrick's Day. Fingers, what will you do now? Because I know it's Kansas City every year for you. Can we be, can we drop some truth bombs here? You, you want to drop we, some truth? Yeah. Now, is this your truth or just general yeah, yeah, truth? Let me, let me speak my truth for a second. Would you please? St. Patrick's Day is amateur hour. Holy cow. Can we can we just throw that out there? What are you talking the, about? The people that are, oh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to party on St. Patrick's Day. It's New Year's Eve. It's, you know, it, no one should ever drink green beer. 
That should never happen. What? Because it's green bush light. And not that green bush light wouldn't be an excellent sponsor of the you're, Drink Smoke radio program. <laughs> you're not opposed to the color of the beer. You're opposed to the type. <laughs> and you blamed it. That's, that's bigotry. Come on. That's just wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about the party atmosphere. You know, the, okay, I'm going to drink my green beer. It's people letting their hair down, having a little fun. What's it What's it to you? Who, what, why? Do you, okay. Oh, oh wow. When's the, la- when's the last time you went out and partied on St. Patrick's Day? 1843. <laughs> people can only see me right now. Right? <laughs> giving you the look. What? No, but that's me. Everyone knows that I'm terrible. Right? <laughs> when's the last time I went out and partied? Have you ever had green beer in your life? Sure. Really? Sure, absolutely. And how did you feel after you had the green beer? I didn't finish the green beer. I had a sip of green beer and, and said, you well, said that's yourself, something. this is amateur hour, and you put it down. No, I said it's lovely. It's uh, fine. Lovely? You said yeah, that, the, that's what the, I said. It was the lovely. The green, natural light beer was lovely. <laughs> that it was you lovely, and then I said, 23 skidoo. <laughs> and all of a sudden, me and Grandpa Simpson had a lot in common. My, you know, my, my biggest problem is that I am not a bro, right? Yeah. I have been told this all the time. Uh, you've told me that. Um, for people who have been listening to the podcast for forever, April Gregory told me that. I am not a bro. There's no part of me. Now, I'm happy to hang. I'll sit with you at the Cigar Lounge, man. I will, I will, in, I will enjoy your company. But, like, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a bro. Yeah. I, I don't know what... I, I think people think it's off-putting. I'm not trying to be off-putting, but I'm just naturally not that. So our St. Patrick's Day bro parade is off this year is what you're telling me? It was never on. Oh, uh, we'll see. There it is. But I don't want to see other Look, people lose out well, on no, their good no. time. And, and of course, the economic impact on this is uh, on, on these cities is going to be significant. And uh, listen, if I just when I say it's amateur hour, look, I have been to one or two. St. I am Patrick's shocked. Days. I am shocked. If only you can see my face right, <laughs> right now and my shocked face. I just, to gear up for it, like I'm planning six weeks in advance for my St. Patrick. I've spent St. Patrick's Day in Vegas before. Right. Good Lord. O'Shea's Casino. <laughs> it's on the strip. I don't, even know, I don't even know if it's still there anymore. It's by uh, Harris. I walked into O'Shea's on uh, St. Patrick's Day. They hired a little person. To walk up and down the bar, pouring shots down people's throats. And then a a guy walked in. How many years ago was this? Uh, Ten years ago. Yeah, you could not get away with that today. Yeah. Absolutely couldn't get away with it. Then a guy walked in with a kilt. Uh, He took it off and threw it on the bar. Had nothing on underneath the kilt. That was Vegas and St. Patrick's Day. And now I think about it, I think that's the last time I've been out on St. Patrick's Day. If you want to talk about economic disaster... As we are talking this week, it was the week of Fat Tuesday and Ash Wednesday. Yeah. It was the week of Mardi Gras and King Cakes. And down in New Orleans, there was nothing. Complete, empty streets. No events, no activities, no dollars being spent. That's that's just awful. The hotels, that entire hospitality world, that's... I, I've, I can't tell you how much I feel uh, for them. Now, if people didn't want to go, I could get that. But they didn't even get the opportunity to not go. Okay, now you're making me feel bad. 
right? About my judgment of St. Patrick's no, Day. No, 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 no. Your judgment of St. Patrick's Day is you being ridiculous. I'm just saying. <laughs> so you're saying this This isn't my strongest show when it comes to hot takes between the cigar being a little bit uh, awkward in my hand and now the St. Patrick's Day take. Maybe... It's maybe just, it's you. Maybe it's me. Maybe this is just not your day. Just grumpy old man day. Off fingers. Yeah, exactly. No, I do feel terrible for the businesses and uh, that are they're going to have obviously have it. Uh, they're going to be impacted by this. We've talked about it previously. Where you, you just mentioned Mardi Gras. How much of New Orleans' economy? <laughs> Uh, the percentage is based solely on Mardi Gras tourism, and to have that decimated, we talked about it last week. I think hotel occupancy was something like sixty percent lower this year yeah. than in previous years. I, We're still not done knowing exactly what coronavirus has done uh, to a lot of these economies. But there's a story that is I want people to pay attention to because it has to do with online content, and this is from Roku. I was unaware that Roku, right, which is over the top. You know, I use Roku to get, you know, what, your streaming services, things like this. Roku is thinking of getting into the content game. I should take that back. They're getting into the content game. Roku bought the library of Quibi. Now, Quibi is quietly became one of the most awful stories out there in terms of failure. Created by Jeffrey Katzenberg and, uh, and um, Meg Whitman. Right, she ran for governor of, of California. She was she was eBay, the CEO of eBay, yeah. and Quibi was cell phone only, and it was no longer than ten minutes an episode. That was the whole plan: catch people utilizing their phones, and that's it. And they launched just as the lockdowns came. Oh boy! And people said, "I want to watch this on my TV," and they said, "Nope, it's mobile only." And so people said, "I'm not using Quibi," and they went out. You're talking about billion-dollar investment, and billionaires couldn't make it work. Roku has now purchased that library. But the story goes that Roku is now looking for somebody with, quote, substantial experience in television and film production, either at a studio, network, streaming service, or entertainment law firm. Roku's getting into the game, and they have the built-in advantage of already having the box. Yeah. This Roku... That's game changer. Well, I, I don't know about you. I've got it. I've got one Roku TV. I've got family members where all their TVs are Roku TVs, where the the, T, the Roku are. is built right into mm-hmm. the remote and into the television. Uh, you know, it is. It's got to be a little scary to be in network television today. But if you're a content provider, you have so many options out there to sell your content, and now you just opened up Roku as another potential client, and it's a great time to be entertained and to be a, a, an entertainer. Add to that what happened with Disney and Gina Carano, who sent out a, a message, I think it was on Instagram, and it, it, in, it, was, it was a political message and it invoked Nazis, and if you know me at all, uh, uh, the Holocaust is not a political prop, and I don't like that kind of stuff, but it wasn't the worst thing in the world by far, and Disney fired her for it. Although there are people who work on The Mandalorian, where she was the star of The Mandalorian, who have done the same exact thing in really despicable ways, and they still have jobs. So, right, it was one of those kinds of political things. Well, the Daily Wire group, led by Ben Shapiro, signed her to a deal. Signed her to a deal, and she's going to make a movie with them. I don't bring it up for the politics. I bring it up for everybody is seeing an opportunity to start providing the content and allowing that content to be shared. Now, very often you see content getting discussed in this kind of political way. We here at Eat, Drink, Smoke believe the more the merrier. 
Right. right? There are people who look at our content for this show and say, oh, cigars? We're not sure if we're comfortable with that. Oh, bourbon? We're not sure if we're comfortable with that. But you're comfortable with that. Your local station is. And by the way, support the daylights out of your local station and all the sponsors that are on, on this show. Do that immediately. The more, the merrier. That Roku is doing this, I love. The Daily Wire is doing this, I love. I think it's terrific. And wait till you see what Eat, Drink, Smoke looks like as a television series. Right. I said too much. I spoke too soon. Seriously, what you should see the video setup that we've got going on here. That's something that's coming in March. Very excited about it. Uh, probably the end of March, maybe the beginning of April. Very, very excited. Hoping to get it out to you in quarter one. It is the Asylum 13 Medulla Oblongata. This is the natural Honduran, and it's just lovely. Worthy of your time and worthy of being in your humidor. And this is an anytime cigar. They say it's a medium. I'm calling it a mild medium. This is easy. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. So it's Pappy Van Winkle. No, 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 we're not reviewing Pappy Van Winkle. If we were, there'd be much more fanfare. But Pappy Van Winkle set the standard for what is a weeded bourbon. Now, bourbon, as we know, is 51% corn. It has to be. Those are the rules. Bourbon has a serious heritage and a legal heritage. It is America's drink. It has to be 51% corn. It is made in a first-use American charred oak barrel and can only be diluted with water. It's the only thing you can add to it, and that's to bring down the proof. It has to go in the barrel at a certain proof, out of the barrel at a certain proof. But the mash bill, when you go over that 51% corn, Instead of going with a big rye content, it goes with a big wheat content. Why? You get something a little less sour, as some people would like to talk about it. Maybe a little less spicy. This is the Old Elk Weeded Bourbon, and this is Eat, Drink, Smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. Me, I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This is out of Colorado, and the guy who started this is one of the former MGP guys. Now, MGP is a name that if you've ever had a drink before, you know or don't know because they make a lot of juice for a lot of people and they make some excellent, excellent stuff. The Old Elk comes in a series of ways that they've got a straight rye whiskey, they've got a weeded whiskey, but this is the weeded bourbon. 51% corn, 45% wheat, and 4% is malted barley. This is 46 proof, Fingers Malloy. That is a 92 alcohol by volume. That's right. I said it right. I said it right. Thank you very much. No, wait. Is it 92 proof and 46 alcohol by volume? Have I somehow created for myself an issue in my own words? Yes, I did. 46 alcohol by volume and 92 proof. Whew, it's already been a long day. <laughs> very interested in what this has uh, to offer. You made this pick today, uh, Fingers Malloy. What what struck you? Like, what were you like, hmm, this is interesting. Well, uh, our good friend Joanne here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, I was looking over their selection, and she said, you know, weeded bourbon is becoming much more popular. You may want to give old elk a try. Now, I've had young elk before. Tony, it was not age five years. It was actually age 30 minutes. I saw young not elk when he opened up for Jay-Z. <laughs> But I was like, okay, that's interesting because I, I don't ever remember. I remember Jay-Z. I don't remember ever doing a weeded bourbon before, but you believe we have at some point. I know that we have, and I just can't remember where it was right now. But if you go through the Eat, Drink, Smoke archives on the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find a podcast, we have. Uh, have. Have you tried this on the nose yet? No, I have not. I've been waiting. 
What are you getting on the nose? Oh, that is lovely. Now, when we drink a, a bourbon or anything, it, usually in the Glencairn glass, right, it's got that interesting shape uh, to it right there. It's really meant for kind of tasting, getting the nose really in there. And we always start neat. And then we decide we're going to bring it to a cube or just add some water, things uh, like that. It's a wonderful sweetness. I can't put my finger on it if it's a, if it's a, a syrup or a toffee, but there's a, it's a sweetness. Uh, not, but not based on any kind of citrus or dark fruit or anything. It's no, 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 no. A little, a little bit of of, of, of touch floral, but it, that's that is that is lovely. Not not a big ethanol kind of flavor there, like with that alcohol kind of uh, of nose. That's an easy nose. Doesn't seem like it's going to be oh. too brutal. Oh, it smells. It's very pleasant on the nose. You ready to do this? Absolutely. So fingers Malloy, he's going to take himself a sip of the old elk. He takes a sip of water. He's going to cleanse the palate. 92 proof, 46% alcohol by volume. Are you ready? I, I forgot my pocket sorbet. So oh. I just went ahead and used head the water. So here we go. You're ready. Here he goes. He takes the sip. Again, we do it neat. And there he is. He has downed it. He's, he's swishing it around. The Kentucky Chew, that is called, by the way. Okay, that's very interesting. There is a toffee note yeah. there. Uh, it is barely any kind of sting on the tongue. No burn going down. Very, very delightful. I think this is something you're really going to enjoy. All right, so here me. I go. Here it is. You ready? Yes. You ready? You ready? He's, he's right, on the go. nose. He's he's going in. He's he's doing the, the Memphis munch. Um, is, it, is it too sweet for you, Tony? It's actually called the Susquehanna Swirl. Oh, Nice. Oh, that is lovely. There is no sting on the tongue. There is nothing on the throat. There is a burn that immediately hit in the lower chest. is already starting to dissipate. It's got a little bit of spice, which is weird because if it, as we describe the weeded bourbon, it's to reduce that spice. But it's 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 nice. It's there's there's a, there's the, there's the syrupy kind of sweet that's going. I'm Holy. very hesitant to put a cube in this glass. I'm enjoying this the way it is. Uh, and I Oh, I, fingers. I'm telling you this is this is I this is not at all I don't know what I was expecting because like I said, if I've had a weeded bourbon before, it was one time maybe a year or two ago and I don't remember it. This is I don't know what I was expecting, but this is very very good. That finish is, is, is on there for sure. Not so much resting on the tongue or coating uh, the tongue. But, man, that is, that is a whole bunch of worthy flavor, all in those kinds of sweet veins and sweet ki kind of ways, but not overly. This, this, this isn't a, a syrupy sweet, although there is a kind of syrup thing that's happening. This is five years, by the way, aged a minimum of five years, the old elk. I am pleased. Now the question is: Is this in your in your liquor cabinet? The MSRP on this is sixty five dollars a bottle. Now and I will admit, it's a gorgeous bottle. I love, love, love the look. So much of what we talk about is a story when it comes to what we drink, and in, in this case, to me, part of the story is the bottle. It it, it is really 
something. Uh, $65 a bottle would be a splurge for me, but I think I would put this in my liquor cabinet. I think it's very good. And the thing that I like most about it is this is something that I believe a seasoned bourbon drinker would enjoy, but you wouldn't be afraid to give this to someone who doesn't drink bourbon a lot that would normally shy right. away from bourbon. So, so we were totally unfamiliar with Old Elk. And so we did a little research into other people who may have checked it out before. And the guys from bourbonbanter.com don't know them personally, but really enjoy what they do. Bourbonbanter.com. Maybe the best description I have seen of something in a while where they like hit it and I could not have come up with it. They describe the nose as bubblegum, not trident or hubba bubba, which like that's so like detailed. Here's what they say. Not trident or hubba bubba, but tops baseball card gum. And that's pretty good. That's actually a feel I'm getting as it lingers on the tongue. That's wickedly solid. Like that's that's really smart. I'm glad I didn't read that before we, you know, dove into this review because too often you read something and it'll influence you before you you give a review. Right, totally. But now that you say that, that's spot on, isn't that it? That is spot freaking on. It's that kind of sweet, but it's got a little more of the syrup. This is super enjoyable. This the whole table is gonna love this. I agree. Sixty four dollars is a splurge, and I'm looking for it on sale. I am impressed. This is the old elk weeded bourbon, and it's it's sensational. Fingers, truly, truly sensational. One of the best things we've had in 2021, undoubtedly. This is Eat Drink Smoke. True to form, we have a list. It's Eat Drink Smoke. Tony Katz, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, uh, right there. We have we have a knack. We have a knack for finding lists, things that you need to know that are totally useless. That's hard to believe, but they're fun to talk about. There's always a list. There's a list for everything. This, the worst fed fast food chain in America, according to a dietitian. It's fast food. Do I need a dietitian to tell me it's bad? Uh, I mean, what was the what was the work done here? Talk about being ants at a picnic. <laughs> I'm not going to a fast food restaurant because I think to myself, man, I'd sure like something healthy today. According to this person right here, I sh- you know, I said it's a list, but it, I thought they were going to have more fast food chains and like kind of rank them out. No, 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 they go right to it. The worst fast food chain, according to a dietitian, is Burger King. They say that Burger King is the absolute worst because it's got so many unhealthy food items. So, for example, the Triple Whopper with cheese. (laughs) Uh, 1,220 calories, 82 grams of fat, 1,470 milligrams. That's a snack right there. (laughs) Listen, I I have... We've talked about this before when it comes to Burger King. I go back to the the 90s, and I still remember this. There was a defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers. His name was Gil Brown. Right. Big Gil Brown. Gilbert Brown. And in Wisconsin and northern Michigan, Burger King had the Gilbert Brown meal because this was his favorite sandwich. It was a double Whopper with double cheese, double pickle, and double mayonnaise. 
And that's it. And if you are, he was a defensive tackle, right? Yes. If you're a defensive tackle, that's what you should be eating. But they, the first thing they point out is the triple whopper with cheese. Which part of triple <laughs> with cheese did you not understand? I, I can't believe this isn't healthy. I can't believe it's packed with Name calories and something fat. that has the word triple in it that is somehow good for you. A triple Maduro. You win this round, Fingers <laughs> Malloy. You win this round. It's just so pathetic. Well, what's funny is, you know, they, they were uh, one of the first fast food restaurants, I believe, that embraced the, uh, embraced the whole Beyond Burger plant-based. Right, and the Impossible Whopper. Yes, and we've talked about this previously, too, where to me, it doesn't seem to matter what you put as a Whopper patty if you've got the flame-broiled flavor to it. And... They slop so many toppings on the, the Whopper. You know, I don't even know if you would know if you were having double mayonnaise on a Whopper because they all right. the, the, oh my gosh, you can bite into a Whopper and not even chew it, just tilt your head back and it'll slide down your throat because it's so sloppy and delicious. All I know is now I want to try the triple Whopper with cheese just to see what happens. And then every fast food chain is serving fish for Lent. We... Uh, we talk about, of course, the filet fish, which I've never had, and and Lent is is, is here, and uh, you know, uh, Fat Tuesday and Ash Wednesday have come and 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 gone. Um, it's I'm going to try one for the first time ever. I'm going to try a, a filet fish, but everybody has got one. So McDonald's is the classic with the filet fish. Well, this may surprise you. I was at a McDonald's today. <laughs> Wait. What? Right? It's shocking. Tell me more. Well, I know. Do they have a whole new Atkins menu that you'd like to share with <laughs> well, us? Well, listen, we've dumped Atkins and keto. Let me tell you about the benefits of intermittent fasting. <laughs> That's How's it working now. for you? Well, I've lost ten pounds Is in that about right? two weeks. Uh, I've got. A, I'm doing uh, eighteen uh, hours fasting. Six hours eating. I've got a six-hour eat window. That is rough. Yeah. So am I? Uh, you know, I'm on the road a lot. So I stopped at McDonald's today, and I got my two double cheeseburgers and a fry and a Coke and an apple pie. Uh, but here's the deal. <laughs> I noticed on their if you menu, say it quieter and quicker. <laughs> it's no calories. None. It, right. It won't go straight to my thighs. Uh, but I did notice today for the first time. Uh, ever and this may not be the first time ever it, it has been offered on a McDonald's menu. They had a double fish fillet, so you had the two fish fillet, the two fish patties on a fish fillet, and I've never seen that before. And to me, that's another one because they're really good at slopping the tartar sauce all over the fish fillet. I'm going to start with the single and see see what happens. Arby's has one. They have a crispy fish sandwich, which is an Alaskan Pollock. Going on uh, right right there. Captain D's, well, of course, it's a fish place. How could they not have a fish sandwich? I mean, right. that, that, that just makes sense. Uh, Del Taco has the jumbo shrimp. Now, wait, does shrimp count as a fish sandwich? Does shrimp count? My rabbi says no. What say you, Fingers Malloy? No, but I do love a good shrimp po' boy. Mm. Shrimp. Agreed. And, and those are hard to find, especially in the Midwest. You have to go down south to get a good shrimp po' boy. Um, Popeye's now has a, a, a fish sandwich. It's the, I think we talked about this, the new Cajun flounder sandwich and the Cajun crispy shrimp. And then, you, of course, you can do things at A&W, Burger King, Subway, Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen? 
Really? Yeah, you can get a fish blizzard at Dairy Queen. It's delightful. Have you ever had the fish blizzard <laughs> at Dairy Queen? Now, will this, Tony, will this, you know, we've had for the last couple of years the fast food chicken wars, Tony. That's where these these different fast food outlets have come there out are no with, fish like, wars. eight different uh, chicken unless sandwiches. It's, unless it's Aquaman Part 2, there are no fish wars. Well, here's the funny thing about None. this. None. Well, here's the funny thing about this. You mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, they came up with this list, and we love lists here at Eat, Drink, Smoke Lists. Um, <laughs> they, they, they made sure to add Long John Silver to the list. Again. It's just like Captain D's. It's like, it's, it's a seafood joint. Wait, is, can I get a fish sandwich at Red Lobster? Somebody, somebody immediately go check. <laughs> Let well, us know. Oh, I, I do have to ask you this, because... I, I'm not a big Chipotle person. Mm-hmm. I, I know you at sometimes have, have, have visited a Chipotle. I life. have had a love-hate relationship with Chipotle for most of my life, but the truth is I find it delicious now, and I stayed away. They had some really weird problems. I'm like, they got to figure out their stuff and some of the food issues they had. I think they may have. Um, it's, it's very good. It's very good. I just can't see fish at Chipotle. That doesn't scream fish restaurant Shrimp to me. Burrito? Again, shrimp is that? Nah, okay, I get, I get your point. But the the one on the list that really stands out, I don't know if I'm going to White Castle for fish. I mean, and again, challenge accepted. <laughs> I love White Castle, uh, but uh, I I don't know. I mean, how would these be fish sliders with the with the onion, like the burgers, and that the weird is that Swiss cheese that they put on? I don't I don't. It's know. mystery cheese. I try when it comes to White Castle. I think what's best is we ask very few questions. <laughs> And we just say, you know what? This is going to be enjoyable for a good hour or two, and then I will have a lifetime of regret. You mean you're not at the drive-thru window saying to the the fine fast food worker, excuse me, I have a few questions about what's in this. Can you tell me where this was raised? (laughs) Is this grass-fed? Was it humanely caught? Can you answer that question for me? No. No, 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 no. I think any place where you order by the sack... You, 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 you don't, you don't ask questions. A sack of fish sliders, please. <laughs> Honestly, if you don't make that video, everybody at Eat, Drink, Smoke will regret it. I expect that video in the coming week. Fingers Malloy and a sack of fish sliders, if that's what it is. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. Tony Katz. America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, the Old Elk Weeded Bourbon. We're talking about 92 proof, 46% alcohol by volume. That mash bill, 51% corn and 45% wheat, 4% malted barley, and it's excellent. Now, I should be clear about something. It's not like a traditional bourbon, right? Those strengths, those those, those vanillas, those caramels that sometimes uh, that, that, that you get, it is different. It is a little bit sweeter. But I'm enjoying the living daylights out of it, Fingers Malloy. Yeah, and I just put a little bit of chilled water in it in the glass. You actually put a full cube in there. How is it a impacted? Chip. I put a nice chip. Oh, yeah, a nice chip. How is it? How has that impacted the taste? There's a touch more spice that I can get now, with a touch of a sting at the top of the of, of the tongue. But this is just so good. It's just got the right kind of sweet. It's just hitting me in all the levels. Of, of, of absolutely perfect. It's it's matching well 
with the Asylum 13 Medulla Oblongata cigar that we've got going on. There's nothing not to enjoy here at all. I just don't want anyone to be turned off by how we mentioned one of the reviews that we saw on this said that there was a slight bubblegum note on the nose. Mm-hmm. That may turn some people off. Oh, I, no, no, I don't. don't. Think, yeah, I don't think it should, let, it should make you... Uh, you know, turn away from this. It's not like a candy smell or anything like that. It's very subtle, uh, but the the whole thing is just so pleasant on the nose. It's it's just delightful. It's pleasant going down. It, it's just it's a, it's this. It's solid. It is super super enjoyable, and I think a really nice way for people to kind of get in to bourbon. This might be a good gateway in, right? into into other bourbons, but don't think of it having that more traditional kind of bourbon feel and, and flavor. That's not it. Enjoyable as a day is long? Absolutely. And twice on Sunday, the old elk. Oh, this is nice stuff. It's time, Fingers Malloy, for News of the Week. So, Tony, you know, we reviewed the Coca-Cola and coffee last hour, and apparently it's just all Coca-Cola today on Eat, Drink, Smoke. Coca-Cola is launching a new bottle size for the first time in a decade. Uh, It's 13.2 ounces, and it's made out of 100% recycled plastic. First, uh, okay, on the recycled plastic. It does, I think, move people, and so why not? Uh, they came out with the little 10-ounce can, and I like the 10-ounce can because that's enough. That's enough to satisfy exactly what I'm going for. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the guy, you know, doing the, the, the big gulp or the double gulp or whatever it is you drink. What size do you drink? Uh, well, listen, I've got the 40-ounce the coffee mug that I'll fill with coffee in the morning. But it, no, it made me think originally of the old Seinfeld bit, right? Because the, the piece here, uh, I believe it's on uh, CNN.com, uh, talks about how uh, this bottle size is going to appeal to people 25 years old or younger. And I think back to the old Seinfeld bit, people of our generation, it was the original Big Gulp was maybe 40 ounces. Right. <laughs> and then it turned into the super duper nuclear gulp, which was, uh, you know, you got 96 ounces and then people are buying their own plastic jug that they can just go in and fill it. And now we're seeing people are going back to, you know what, I'd like a smaller size. Like, like you said, I don't know if that's for me, though. I, I, I'm just getting started at 12 ounces. They make the argument that customers or consumers, they call them, they want something a little smaller and a little easier to consume. So is it about the... I, I can't imagine that people are really worried about the 13.2 ounce and the 16 ounce. Or is it about how it feels in the hand? That could be. Right? Uh, you know, and then there's the question of what tastes better, can or bottle or fountain. And the answer is fountain. Oh, absolutely. Fountain Especially fast food. There's always been this, this talk that the McDonald's... Coca-Cola is better than any other Coca-Cola on planet Earth. Well, we actually did a study at the Fingers Malloy Institute for Institutes. Mm, fine, prestigious academy. Yes. I, I believe in uh, in Sweden. Yes. And the science is settled. McDonald's Coke is the best Coke you can get. And why they aren't a the sponsor of the Eat, settled. Eat, Drink, Smoke radio program, uh, it's beyond me. But no, it's... Uh, why 13.2 ounces? I just... You know it's Coke. They did the math. Right, they they went through the studies and they looked at thirteen point one ounces. That's not good enough. Thirteen point three. All of a sudden, it's Goldilocks. I have a theory. I'm listening. They wanted a smaller bottle, but also a size that people would know just by looking at the label. Okay, this is the bottle that's made entirely from recycled plastic. I my theory is they needed a size bottle that allows them to put another twenty, thirty, forty cases on a truck. 
so they can get more yield out of every delivery. I believe that's absolutely positively the case, and people aren't going to sneeze. They don't care if it's a little bit smaller. They might charge the same price for it. Well, I think it's a great size if you're the type of person that likes to make a mixed drink. You got the 13.2 ounces. That's half the bottle for a mixed drink, and then if you're making two, that's perfect. About six and a half ounces of soda You're making this mixer. up as you go along. No, I used to bartend. <laughs> It's like it's like ice cream. The mm-hmm. days of the half gallon, you can't they're not a half gallon anymore. That's that's gone. That's absolutely gone. And and people like they, they didn't even they didn't even think twice. Right. They just accepted the fact they were getting totally cheated out of ice cream. And they're like, all right, this is cool. Well, everything's getting smaller now. I mean the the, the ice cream containers, cereal boxes. Really? They, they, oh, they've skimped on cereal boxes. You look, I will submit to you that a box of Count Chocula today is 26% <laughs> smaller than it was 25 years ago. I did get asked by my youngest, um, what is the best cereal? And I said, without missing a beat, it's Honey Nut Cheerios. And that I, right now, could eat a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios with, with the, 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 the bourbon. I, I could eat, a, with, with the Old Elk, I could easily eat a bowl of of Honey Nut Cheerios. There's not a time. It's, it, it is almost, for me, like the Egg McMuffin, because I can eat an Egg McMuffin anytime, day or night. After the Thanksgiving meal, I can eat an Egg McMuffin. Here's why you're wrong. Wow. The perfect cereal, as everyone knows, is Cookie Crisp. Because <laughs> you get a box of Cookie Crisp, you can have it in milk, or you can put it in a Ziploc bag, and then have little cookies as snacks later, and they're good for dipping. Honey Nut Cheerios have been a staple for small children for years, or is that regular Cheerios? Either way, you're still wrong. The Honey Nut Cheerio is perfect. Cookie Crisp has been a staple for unhealthy children now for several decades. It's the John Belushi bit for Saturday Night Live. Little chocolate donuts have been on my training table for years. We still have not done the cereal episode, and that is that is a must. I just I find it interesting. I'm not worried about it. I'm not buying enough soda maybe uh, to count. I just want to know that people who said 16-ounce bottles, it's just too much. <laughs> I, I, want, I want to meet them desperately. Next story, Fingers Malloy. Well, unfortunately, you know, we've talked about this on several occasions, how COVID-19 has had an awful impact on the United States economy, the global economy. Sure. Uh, U.S. air travel dropped 60% in 2020. Is that it? 60%. Hold on. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. That number is higher than I thought it would be. This is according to Forbes. I would have guessed a good 90%. Who was traveling? uh, It's amazing to me. I'm still seeing, you know, I've I've flown at least a couple of times to go buy cars around the country and drive them back. Um, (laughs) I also like these slots. Twice he did that. Yeah, Twice he flew to go buy a car. I also like to watch these slot machine channels on YouTube where some of these slot uh, machine personalities on YouTube, they'll videotape themselves in Las Vegas airport and it's it's completely dead and it just is it's amazing to me that uh, that that it seems like airlines are still able to have as many flights as they are because it seems like it, it doesn't feel like anybody's flying I'm getting on my first flight with you mm-hmm. we have, have an event down in Orlando uh, Florida where we're heard on WDBO and uh, so we're, we're heading uh, down there it's gonna be my first flight in yeah, in, in, in over a year. And you got your sweatpants and your sweatshirt that you're going to wear on the, on the plane? You're the worst. 
Oh, you're the worst. I if, if the people who travel in pajamas, they're terrible. You should you should dress up to travel on a plane. I will be in a suit. You should absolutely treat it with respect and treat others with respect. I can't stand the the the, the spandex and everything else. I yes, I'll be in a suit. I'm wearing yoga pants as I always do. <laughs> We're gonna have to sit in different parts of the plane. Am I in first class? Wait, hold on. This plane doesn't have a first class. First class and no class. This is. It's going to be a serious, serious problem. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. I never thought we'd get to the moment where we'd discuss Larry King on Eat, Drink, Smoke. But holy cow, Barstool Sports, this is a headline. Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz, Fingers Malloy right there, the podcast. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you find fine podcasts, be sure to subscribe and be sure to give us uh, five stars. I don't even know if I can read the headline. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna read it in the more family style. Larry King, you right? The talk show host, CNN stalwart, right? Uh, uh, prostate exam guy. Uh, isn't that what he was doing? Prostate exam stuff? Wasn't he talking yeah, about? Yeah, prostate health. That's it. Uh, Larry King, he had 150 wives. Larry King left a secret will, handwritten on a piece of scrap paper, to cut his wife out for. Having sex, they didn't use that term, with their son's little league coach. What? I, I'm 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 laughing, but not at the circumstances. Just because uh, I, I'm laughing over the headline that it, you cleaned it up. I did. It's barstool. It's barstool sports, right? So just imagine they, if and you're they didn't curse. With them. They used the euphemism for yes, sex. Yes. According to this, Larry King wrote, "This is my last will and testament." It should replace all previous writings. He wants 100% of his funds to be, quote, divided equally among my children. Andy, I think it's Chaya, C-H-A-I-A. Larry Jr., Chance, and Cannon. Oh, my God. I mean, it, they've got a copy of it. They've got witnesses and, and, and everything else. This is... Yeah. yeah, the copy of it, I it literally looks like it's been scribbled on a bar napkin. It is so crude, the the, the, the look of it, the copy of it anyway. But and now the seventh wife, I believe her name is Sean King, uh is now contesting this handwritten will. And the whole story is kind of bizarre because uh they filed for divorce back in twenty nineteen. Uh, but they were still legally married. So I don't know if the, the, the process dragged on because maybe he had some health issues. But so it's weird to see, okay, they were, they were still married, but they had filed for divorce. Uh, this is... The state's in limbo. It's, it's very strange. I don't, know, I don't know how any of this works. Uh, the, 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 the seven marriages, at one moment, do you just say to yourself, you know what, maybe I'm bad at this, well, right? But I mean, he's not the only one. This is not even me, you know, picking on Larry King. This is like, there comes a moment where you're like, all right, maybe I should just stop. Yeah. Quit while I'm ahead. Well, God rest his soul. Yeah, you're right. It, but there are stories about some of these marriages where he only knew the woman for maybe a couple of months. Or, you know, I believe on, in one uh, instance he proposed on a first date. Uh, listen, like, some people just fall in love with the idea of falling in love. Some of us, Tony, are hopeless romantics, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there comes a moment where you're like, okay, I'm done here. Clearly, I'm bad at this. Do you know why I don't play third base for the Mets? 
couldn't play third base. But That's he could, why. He could afford to play third base for the Mets. After the fifth marriage, how much can you really afford? Well, you, you have to ask that question because, l- listen, part of it, you know, as a broadcaster, you enjoy doing this, right? It's enjoyable <laughs> to be a broadcaster. This right here is the sweetest gig in radio. True enough. But he was working into his late 70s. Uh, like you said, he was. I think he was on Russia Today at one point, right? Uh, you know, and he was doing these infomercials. He was on Aura. He, he was he, anywhere he could find the gig. Still, so was it because he needed the money because seven wives, or is it because he had a love for talking to people and interviewing people? I'm I guess going we'll never to know. Yes, it was the former. <laughs> but uh, you know, I may, may the man rest in peace. And then Fingers Malloy found a story about Egypt. Only proving that we can add some class to it. Only we can go from Larry King to archaeological digs, and maybe it's somewhat of the same story. Well, yeah. Uh, wow. Well, I want to apologize. Larry King doesn't deserve any of the heat that I'm throwing his way. The man is gone. May he rest in peace. There. That, I've cleaned it all I'll, up. That, that was very kind of you to do, but honestly, I don't think he minds. <laughs> So American and Egyptian archaeologists have unearthed what could be known as the oldest known beer factory at one of the most prominent archaeological sites in ancient Egypt. How do they know it's a beer factory? Well, I believe... Did they find a Schlitz malt liquor? They actually unearthed some of their marketing campaigns. (laughs) You want to hear a couple of them? I do. Uh, Less filling, tastes pharaoh. Or, or the other one I heard that they used was, if you think you've had a better beer, you're in denial. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about... Bravo! <laughs> I, am, I am proud of you. Oh, thank you. Wow. We're, we're That's talking, excellent. We're talking about uh, 3150 BC. That's how old this puppy may be. Right. Larry King was seven. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Off the top That is road. wrong. That is wrong. Bless his soul. The man. I have zero issue with Larry King. I don't know what I'm doing. It's better I'm really, to really have terrible. loved and lost and, and loved, loved and lost and loved and lost, and loved loved and lost <laughs> than never to have loved at all. I'm sorry. I'm still blown. It's, it's like the whole Liz Taylor thing. She divorced a guy and then remarried him later on after a couple of husbands in between. So did he. He did? He remarried a woman. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I believe she was a former Playboy Playmate, if I'm not mistaken. This was way back in the, the early uh, 70s. It's me. It's, it's clearly me. So they found these, these um, units there in, in Egypt, 65 feet long, 8 feet wide, um, which they're pretty sure were used to heat up uh, grains and water to produce, to produce beer, right? There wasn't, there wasn't distilling as we would know. Uh, dis- distilling, right? The whole concept of like things like aqua vitae and, and, and stuff like that. That's that's a precursor to what we would 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 know as as distilling. But beer, mead, those kinds of things, that was happening. Another marketing campaign they had. Oh, good lord! <laughs> Drink like an Egyptian. See, well, bangles for you. I've got my finger on the pulse of pop you culture. Are, you are very now. <laughs> I think I think it's cool. I, I think that the the the, the recognition. Right, that uh, this uh, people like to have a drink, 
Yeah. This historical connection that uh, there are these things that, that we did and we looked into doing and tried to do. You know, um, we, we, we talk about, you know, the, the drinking that, that people like Winston Churchill did, Ben Franklin did, and you just go down the line and you go into the, to the history. I think, it's, I think it's stunning and fascinating and altogether worthwhile. And here's what's wrong with me, right. Tony. I've been to, I was in Philadelphia a couple of years ago. And my friend who lives in Philadelphia, Tracy, wanted to take me to places like, oh, you want to see the Liberty Bell? And I'm like, no, take me to the oldest pub in Philadelphia. Right? I want to go somewhere where Ben Franklin drank. <laughs> so this story sings to me, Tony. Sure, people get into history. This is the history of drinking. This is the Old Elk Weeded Bourbon, and it's, it's great. I'm enjoying every bit of it. You know, at, at a price of $65 a bottle on the MSRP, I think it's a question of whether or not it's in your, your liquor cabinet, but, man, 100% is this worth trying. I cannot tell you. I, I have a, a nice chip that now is, has melted in. It's it's just sensational. Well, you're right. It's amazing to me. Just the splash of water actually brought out a little bit of the sting, which which kind yeah. of surprised me. But, but uh, it, it's it's, to me, I am not one... To usually splurge that much on a bottle of of, of, of bourbon, sixty five dollars is a little mm. bit on the high end for me. Right, I'd buy this. Yeah, this is this is worth this is worth doing. And the Medulla Oblongata from Asylum Thirteen, uh, Honduran, and and it would this was the natural that also comes in a Maduro, and you can get it uh, as as a box press or or the Robusto uh, Vitola or, or, or others. Man, nice, easy smoke. They want to call it a medium to full. I'm just not there. That's a mild medium and easy, worthwhile, and at a price point of 7 to 9 maybe $10 a stick. It's in your humidor. You can grab some for friends and be doing it in a pretty good way, right? You'll find solid enjoyment from the Asylum uh, 13 there, the Medulla Oblongata, most definitely. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, wherever you get podcasts. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke.